Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show. I am your host, Billy Powell. If you're watching this on YouTube, please click that subscribe button. And if you're listening to this on anchor.fm backslash KTNA, subscribe to that also for our audio podcasts. Um, today with us is a broader pull rocket, a DePaul Tiger, a avid golfer who tried to die on the golf course just recently. Uh, Jack Hogan. Jack, thanks for spending some time with us on the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show and talking about uh, your days uh, at uh, Broderpool and DePaul and, uh, of course, a successful career with uh, the FC Tucker Company. Well, um, thank you, uh, Billy. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, a couple of reasons. I'm you know, happy to be alive after being hit in the forehead with a golf ball about three weeks ago. And uh, I'm uh, I'm a little beaten up still, but it's getting better. So, what did you shoot that day, by the way? <laughs> well, we did. Did you remember? I didn't finish. I was on the 18th hole, waiting to hit my second shot, and my partner and I were down three bets, so we were losing six bucks. And uh, the good news is the uh, our opponents forgave us that debt because of my uh, getting hit in the head and having to leave with all the blood and. Uh, on my way to the emergency room. So um, we, the good news was I didn't get killed and, and uh, they forgave me my $6 gambling bet. We play for big money, you know. Jack, tell us a little bit about where you were, uh, where you lived at in the Broderpool area and your family. Well, we lived over um, uh, in the area near Kessler and Keystone, close to, uh, uh, school 59, which is where I went to uh, grade school. Uh, but we moved to Indy in um, 1954, just after uh, the Milan miracle. So did not get to see that and knew very little about uh, basketball at that time when we moved here. I was in the fourth grade, uh, to be in the fourth grade. And um, the uh, you're familiar, I know, being from Indianapolis, uh, an alum of Broad Ripple and, and PS59, that, uh, uh, so over by Glendale Shopping Center, for those listening in that know Indy. Yeah, we, uh, I went to 59, but it was a junior high when I went to 59 for uh, uh, grades 7 and 8. Yeah, I was there grades 5 through 8, and then on to Broad Ripple, uh, uh, graduating class of 63. 
Uh, so tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to the game of baseball and, and basketball. Well, my my dad was a softball player, and I was actually born in Canton, Ohio. He worked for a Canton-based company, Diebold, uh, which makes bank equipment. And um, uh, when I was just a little fella, he was playing softball, and I would go to the games with him. And this is when I was two and three years old, and I thought I was the bat boy. And of course, they had a that boy that was probably 10 years old that put up with me, but uh, uh, it was fond memories. My dad was a shortstop, and so I wanted to be a shortstop, and uh, that's how I was introduced to baseball, actually, and um, when we moved to Indianapolis, I had a friend who had a basketball court, and he invited me over to shoot some baskets, and that's how that was my introduction to basketball. And that was in the uh, fourth grade and um, just shot a few hoops and uh, fell in love with the game and, uh, you know, just decided I wanted to be a basketball player and a baseball player at that point. What did you have a favorite baseball team growing up? Well, I, I like the Yankees. Um, my, my parents were Cleveland Indians fans being from Ohio, but uh, I, I liked uh, uh, the scooter, Phil Rizzuto and uh, Mickey Mantle, of course, and uh, those guys. And, and back in those days, we were able to, uh, at school, uh, actually they had day games during the World Series and we would watch uh, for a little while, the Yankees usually played the Brooklyn Dodgers at that point and uh, teachers would, give us a half hour or so, let us watch the baseball games. And it was, uh, you know, the good old days. Did you ever go to the any Indianapolis Indians games as a kid? Oh yeah, went to the old um, Victory Field and then Bush Stadium and um, loved going there. And actually as a junior baseball player here, got to play in several all-star games there. And uh, when we were in the, um, was it called the C League when we were um, 13 and 14? We won the Brotherful Merchants team, won the city championship, and we got to play the championship game at Victory Field. So that was always quite a thrill. How tall are you, Jack? Well, um, as I tell the um, nurses in the doctor's office these days, I, I say I'm five foot six on a really good day. And uh, I won't let them measure me, of course, because I'm guessing I've uh, I've lost an inch or so, uh, but as a player, I think my my height peaked at five five and a half. But uh, I, I always rounded up to five six, of course, in the program. And uh, with my shoes on, I I think I attained that level. So, uh, did you I, did you know what you were getting into when you went to Broderpool? Did you know anything about their history and and uh, athletics or? <laughs> Did you know about Coach Ring before you even got to Broderpa High School? Well, we, um, someone took me to a game when I was in, I think the eighth grade, a Broderpa game. And I, you know, the little gym and it was packed and I don't even remember who they were playing, but I saw that game and all the fans and I said, you know, I want to do this. This is, this is great. So how, how do I get to do this? 
And, um, you know, at that time, Coach Ring was not at Broad Ripple. And uh, he was um, maybe at IU as a freshman coach at that time. And he, he actually came to Broad Ripple at the beginning of my junior year. And um, so I had him for two years there, the two years that I was on the, the varsity junior and senior year. Um, you know, and I was, uh, I started out at Broad Ripple playing football in the fall, got hurt and was lucky to be able to be kept on the freshman basketball team. Still not sure why. And um, the freshman, well, the varsity wrestling coach saw me uh, thought I was a pretty good athlete and said, you'll never make the basketball team. So why don't you be my 95 pound wrestler? Because at that point I was about five foot tall and uh, 90 pounds. So um, uh, I said, coach Circa, I appreciate your asking me, but I want to give this a go. So I did. And coach Circa, he played baseball for Indiana university also. I, I didn't realize that until uh, just recently. Yeah, and you know, the, the coaches I've had um, throughout my athletic career were really good. And, and more than that, they were modest. You know, they didn't tell us how good they, they were. Um, so I had no idea Circa was a baseball player. He, I knew he was a wrestling coach, and he did coach our uh, freshman and reserve teams my, my freshman year at Broad Ripple. And... Um, a, a tough guy, but a fair guy. And, uh, you know, he, he was fun to be around for me. I'm not sure the wrestlers thought the same way, but they had a lot of respect for him. Um, yeah, uh, and, and it's interesting. Gene Ring, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, the Indiana University Athletic Hall of Fame, whatever they call it there. Uh, and you also had um, uh, Coach Frank Baird, who uh, is, I think, is one of the few people that's in all three Hall of Fames, baseball, basketball, and football in the state of Indiana. Yeah, you know, he is. And I, I, I was lucky. I had um, Frank Baird for baseball. He had retired from being the basketball coach by that time. And then Gene Ring, who's in the Hall of Fame, Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame as well. And Elmer McCall was my college coach who is in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame and um, coached at DePauw after being at South Bend Central and winning two state championships there. Um, so I, I was lucky at that point, I would say Frank Baird was the first real good coach that I had in baseball my sophomore year and then ring the junior and senior year and Elmer. So I was very lucky with, with the, the coaches I had and very lucky that they, uh, they were um, kind enough to let me being as small as I was to play for them. You know, it's interesting in a, a lot of news clippings that I, I have found in research, they called you the mighty giant. And, you know, um, when people would tell you that you were too small, did that make you more determined or make you practice or work harder? Yeah, you know, I think it did. And Billy, it started when I was in grade school. When I was a seventh grader, I was on the team, but didn't play much. And I said, well, he'll make the eighth grade team, but probably won't get to play. Well, 
you know, I did. And then on to Broad Ripple and you'll never play there. And I did and college. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I knew I had to do something different. And uh, so I, I knew I had to hustle. I tried as hard as I could every time I, you know, I practiced, uh, you know, my parents would drop me off at the Riviera Club, which had an indoor basketball facility on a Saturday when it opened and uh, picked me up when it closed. And, you know, uh, it had a peanut butter sandwich with me and uh, for my lunch and uh, just played there all day. And, uh, you know, we didn't have back in those days uh, any really kids baseball or basketball programs other than well we had the little league starting at age nine or ten but uh, basketball the first time I had a coach was my freshman year in high school and as you know probably uh, the freshman basketball coach was really a football coach who needed a little extra money and they they gave him the freshman basketball job as well so um uh, my freshman basketball coach Earl Dosey was football player from Purdue and a great great guy and um you know and and a pretty good coach and uh, again one of those guys that was nice to 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 let me play so when did you think that you guys had something special with the basketball team and and we're going to go into that 19 the, that magical 1963 season well, we, we thought after junior year and um, we, that we were, the next year was going to be special. And um, we started out on a negative note because uh, one of our best players, Bill Brown, um, who ended up being uh, an Indiana high school all-star, was uh, sick. He had a thyroid issue and couldn't play the first half of the season. And so we were a little bit bummed out, well, more than a little bit bummed out about that, but we, we still had a good record and um, ended up um, uh, getting him back, I think maybe after the eighth or ninth game of the year. And, um, you know, we, we, we did well from that, that point on. And one of the things we did, we, we lost five games during the regular season and three of those were city teams uh washington in the city tournament uh tech in the regular season and cathedral in the regular season and uh we were uh fortunate enough and we had enough desire to avenge each of those losses uh, uh washington the week after they had beat us we beat them and then in the sectionals, which back in those days at Butler consisted of 16 teams, and uh, we beat Warren Central, North Central, uh, Cathedral, and Tech to win the sectional. And, um, you know, we, we just, we, we were on a roll. And one of the interesting things, and this is something I give Coach Ring credit for, is um, just before the... Uh, uh, sectionals started, he put us up in the Marat Hotel, which was one of the finest hotels in Indianapolis at the time uh, for the uh, Thursday through Saturday of the sectionals. And uh, we thought we were really big time. And 
I think he did it just to keep us away from any distractions and keep our focus on on basketball. And um, you know, we did that every weekend thereafter for the uh, sectionals, regionals, and semi-state. Um, and as you know, we we won the regionals, um, actually beating Southport, who had Louis Dampier at the time uh, in the final game of the the regionals and then went to the semi-state beat Connorsville in the afternoon and lost to Muncie Central uh, in the evening game. They had Rick Jones, Mr. Basketball that year and Mike Rolfe, who is in the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame as well as Rick. And he played at the University of Cincinnati. He was big center, probably six, eight. And, um, you know, our front line was probably six, three across the board center forward and both forwards. And then Tom Corson, who played guard with me, um, ended up as a football player at Colorado, played defensive back with Hale Irwin, the uh, professional golfer. Um, and really all of our um, starting five went on to play college basketball. Do you look back on that Muncie Central game? Is there something that you guys could have changed up or switched up and possibly could have won, or did, did, did they just have more talent? Well, they were bigger, for one, and um, they were also very good. And I would say, um, you know, given um, a, a rest period, back in those days, we, you know, we played two games in one day. And uh, Connorsville was a tough opponent for us. And um, I think we were pretty tired. Um, so we were not what I would consider at full strength. Although, you know, probably the Muncie Central people would say that they played an afternoon game as well. So, um, but they were, they were the better team and they won the state championship. So um, they, they proved that they were deserving. Man, uh, Indiana high school basketball has changed so much. That Hinkle sectional and you were all, I mean, and, and I, I have a, a video footage of the Connorsville game and Tom Carnegie was uh, calling the game. <laughs> just just what what probably magical memories that you had in Hinkle? Oh, well, you know, I, I grew up um, when we moved here in 54. Shortly thereafter, my dad bought season tickets to the Butler games. So uh, that was when Bobby Plump, uh, Ted Guzik, uh, Wally Cox, um, who was a Broderpool player and actually led the city in scoring in 1954, the only year that uh, Oscar Robertson didn't win the uh, city scoring title during his high school career. And um, so I, I became a Butler, Butler basketball fan and uh, loved uh going to the games there and then obviously the sectionals when uh freshman and sophomore going to to watch uh the games and in fact uh they played some of the games um during the afternoon and if you had a ticket to the sectionals you got out of school so a lot of kids whether they're basketball fans or not got tickets to, to the game just to just to get out of school, but uh, we were there and just loved the environment. And, um, you know, I always dreamed of actually playing for Butler and um, 
you know, didn't get the opportunity to, to do that. Tony, Tony Hinkle, I think, thought I was uh, too small, which probably the case, but uh, uh, I, Fred Tucker, um, who was a local real estate guy, recruited me to go to DePauw and uh, helped me with a little scholarship there. And, um, you know, I was able to have a have a nice career at, uh, at DePauw. And uh, we ended up beating Butler three out of the six times we faced them um, during my my career there. So um, it was a little payback to, to Tony. So is that where you wanted to go originally? That was just flat out you wanted to, to go to Butler? Was there other, did you have, would there have been another basketball jersey or baseball jersey that you would have worn uh, or, or before you made that decision to go to DePaul? Well, I, I was offered a, a, a scholarship to go to IU to play baseball. And they also said, you can't play basketball here. And at that time, I had just, I was in love with basketball. I, I wanted to, to play. And, um, you know, I, I was not heavily recruited at, at my size. And I was probably going to go to Hanover. And um, when Bud Tucker um, and I had a chance meeting, he asked me where I was going to go to school. I said, either Hanover or IU. And he said, well, both both are really good schools, but they're not as good as DePauw. I'll have somebody call you on Monday. And so I was called on Monday and visited the campus and um, ended up ended up there. So um, I part of my decision, I went to Coach Ring and said, what do you think? Should I go to Hanover uh, where I was committed to go and or, or or, or DePaul, and he said, well, if you go to Hanover, I know you can play there, you'll be okay. He said, if you go to DePaul, because of the league they play and the tough competition, if you can play there, you've done something. So uh, back then, the conference was the ICC, Indiana Collegiate Conference, and included not only Butler, but Evansville, Ball State, Indiana State, your alma mater, and uh, Valparaiso and St. Joe. And so it was a, a, an excellent conference. And um, we also played a number of large uh, out-of-conference schools. We, we started my senior year, we opened up with IU and uh, they had Vern Payne and Butch Joyner, two Hall of Famers. And uh, we, I think, lost by about nine at, at Bloomington, but we had a pretty good game. I had a decent game against Vern Payne and, um, you know, another memorable uh, game was against Army my sophomore year. Bobby Knight was the uh, assistant, co assistant coach to uh, Tate Slock. And uh, we played Army, Colgate, and then uh, uh, Gannon from uh, Erie, Pennsylvania on that trip. But that was fun. What was, do you, do you remember seeing Coach Knight? Do you remember, well, you, know, and, you know, he was not famous at that time. And, right. You know, he had been a sixth man or seventh man at Ohio State. And, you know, we followed Ohio State, but really didn't know of Coach Knight. And then, you know, Coach K was a freshman at Army at that time. And we didn't know that either because freshmen weren't eligible to play 
back in those days. So, uh, but it's, it makes for a good story to tell, you know it. Well, you also went to Roberts and beat Evansville at their peak, didn't you? Well, yeah, I would say maybe just, just but it peaked the year before when they uh, had Jerry Sloan and won the uh, NCAA college division. Uh, they were undefeated, uh, beat us twice. Uh, of course, we contributed to two, two of their wins, uh, but they also beat, I think, Northwestern, uh, Notre Dame, and Iowa that year. So they were a, a really formidable team. And then the next year, they still had Larry Hume, Sam Watkins, Herb Williams, and, and we did what not many teams had done, beat them at Roberts. And I had a, <clears throat> probably the best or second best game in my career there. Uh, got, I think, 24 points, had six steals, six rebounds, which was like un unbelievable. They must have been first bounce rebounds is all I can figure out and a bunch of assists. So, um, but it was a great team effort and uh, it had to be to beat those guys. Tell us about your relationships with those great coaches, you know, um, Coach Ring, did you continue to have a relationship after you left Broderpool? Coach Baird, uh, Coach McCall, tell us just about a little bit about each one of those individuals and what they meant to you. Well, you know, they were all uh, great coaches. I couldn't, you know, say one was better than another or that I liked one better than another. They were all different, but uh, really, really good men, good mentors. Um, I would see all of them occasionally after graduating from Broderpool and DePaul. Um, when I go back to DePaul, you know, I would meet with Elmer and talk to him and uh, he would come to Indianapolis and we'd get together now and then. Uh, Ring, um, I, I was around him some after high school, but um, we had kind of a little bit of a, a disagreement. My brother was a basketball player, wanted to be, and Coach Ring didn't uh, uh, let him play until his senior year. He finally put him on the team, and Mark did did pretty well, but I was always a little bit miffed that uh, the coach didn't give him a better, better chance. But Frank Baird, I would see um, quite frequently, and um, he lived in the same neighborhood where I lived, and I would uh, see him out um, in his front yard uh, doing work, and I'd stop by and we'd chat. And he uh, he was a funny man and a, a, a gentleman, and lived into his nineties, and and um, it was just you know it was just fun to be around. When you um got payback on Tony coach Tony Hinkle and the Butler Bulldogs. Did uh, he say anything to you after that game or did, was there? You know, he never spoke to me and I was around him a lot after graduation too. I would see him at tennis tournaments. I get involved in playing tennis after college and played in quite a few um, tournaments. And um, I would see him at some of these events and, he just ignored me my entire life. <laughs> so, um, but every, uh, about every 10 years, I have a, 
well, my, my sophomore year, when we went back the first time to, to Butler, I ended up um, scoring 28 points and hitting a shot with uh, three seconds to go to beat them 90 to 88. Uh, no three-pointer back in then in those days, or it would have been 91 to 88. But uh, so I, I figured that was good enough payback for him not, uh, not uh, putting me on the squad at, at Butler. Um, you know, he had uh, two guys from our team, Bill Brown and Ron Salatich, who he gave scholarships to. And um, one of the things, and I never tell them this, of course, is that they um, they were not, they did not get off the bench during that game. So they got to watch. And um, that was a little bit of satisfaction, but I also felt badly for them. Do you still stay in touch with uh, uh, former DePaul Tiger basketball uh, teammates and, of course, uh, that uh, Broad Ripple team? Um, Broad Ripple team, especially, and um, very close to, to, to Broad Ripple grads, especially in my class. And uh, we've got a, a golf tournament that I run every year um, coming up later this month. And we've got 20 players from the class of 63. And it includes um, Bill Brown uh, and Ron Salatich, both who were on that 63 team with me and both great guys. And, um, you know, all, all both been very successful. Uh, Bill in the insurance industry and, and Ron as an attorney. Um, and um, some of the uh, uh, basketball teammates I see um, infrequently now, but um, my one of my good friends, Denny Barrett, who played guard with me at DePauw, um, just passed away two years ago of COVID, and we played a lot of golf together, and uh, I, I really miss him a lot, and um, I think of him um, when I hit a particularly bad golf shot because he would be, I, I figure he's up there laughing at me. Uh, because we were both bad golfers. Um, you got quite an honor from uh, uh, DePaul also uh, with your outstanding basketball career uh, and uh, you were inducted into their Athletic Hall of Fame. Is that what it's called? Yes, yes, that was nice. I think that was in the early 2000s. And, um, you know, that just kind of validated my career because I, you know, as we discussed before, a lot of naysayers, you'll never do this, you'll never do that. and. Um, you know, it meant a lot to me. Um, when I was at DePauw, I, I averaged about just under 14 points a game. And um, that was scoring was not my strong point. I was a good assist guy and uh, stole the ball quite a bit. And I did that in lieu of not getting many rebounds. And um, the um, it was it was a great honor, and I got a nice note. Coach McCall was sick at that time, and couldn't make it, and got a nice note from him um, saying that I was it was well deserved. And you know, I ended up as the at that time the sixth leading scorer in uh, DePaul history because I'd played basically all three years I was eligible, started um, all three seasons. Your son Slater. Pretty good yeah. at tennis. Yeah, he was. Uh, he got the scholarship to Butler that I didn't get. He uh, 
he was a pretty good tennis player and uh i'm reluctant to say that he he actually went to cathedral which was an arch rival of broad ripple back in in our days or my days i should say you're not my my vintage by far but he was um good tennis player and uh won the city championship um junior and senior year at cathedral and got a scholarship to play at butler and played number one at, at butler so yeah and he's uh um he played a lot of tennis after school as well and now owns a nightclub and um restaurant in downtown indy and i have one grandson jack uh who's now 10 years old but uh, doesn't seem to have the interest in sports that slater and i had but it's still fun to hang out with him did you go to coach ring's uh funeral i did yes i did uh and um was able to speak to his son bobby who who followed us uh, he would come to practice a lot when um uh, when i was at at broad ripple and <clears throat> he would have been um probably in grade school or you know maybe i'm i'm not sure exactly how old he was but he and uh coach brown who was the assistant coach and head football coach both their their sons named bobby uh followed us and were uh in the team team photos most of the time you know it's interesting you said earlier that uh all, all those coaches great coaches that you had were all modest I mean, uh, you, you couldn't, I couldn't, I found out everything about coach ring after I graduated high school. And, and now I'm, I wish I would have pried and asked more because yeah, uh, what too. a, what a fabulous career. Me too. I, I mean, when you talk about ring, he was not only played basketball at, at IU, but, um, he was, uh, a mentor to, Bill Garrett, who was the first black player to play in the Big Ten and was um, not welcomed by opponents and even some of his teammates. And Ring was um, a standout in, in helping him deal with his racism. And um, so I admire him for that. And, you know, I didn't realize that he, that Ring also played um professional baseball he ended i think he got as high as um triple a where he played for third base for the indianapolis indians and i mean i didn't know any of that stuff <laughs> i guess we we're all so full of ourselves and trying to deal with being teenagers that it was uh not in the cards and and beard was um the first all-american basketball player from butler and um you know, played in the uh, 40s and uh, the principal at Broad Ripple hired him to be the basketball coach in the uh, early 40s. And uh, when he was trying to get him to be the coach, uh, Baird said, well, you know, I'm playing professional basketball for the Indianapolis Kautskis. And we travel and we travel by bus. And I I'd be up in, we'll be up in Minneapolis and I won't be able to get back for my Monday classes until uh, the afternoon. And the, the principal at the time said, I'll take your classes for you if you'll be the coach. 
Wow. And so that's how Beard was uh, hired as, as basketball coach. And in 1945, his team went to the Final Four and lost in the afternoon game to one of the Evansville schools. Can't remember which, but... Um, Bossy. Uh, yeah, he was... Um, and he played on the Kautskis with Johnny Wooden. And, um, you know, so these are things that I've learned, I think, um, history lessons that I wish I'd known back then, but I, I sure know now. Uh, do you still make it? Okay, two, uh, one final question. I know I've kept you a little long, and, but I appreciate your time. But do you, how do you feel about Broad Ripple being closed? And do you get back to DePaul, or do you ever go back to DePaul for, for any anything? I do. Um, well, first of all, Broad Ripple, um, you know, Billy, they have the, um, they're having their homecoming parade this weekend. And it's, um, even though the school was closed, I think in 2018, maybe, and they, uh, they the alums have started in 2019 having homecoming parades. So they're, that's this weekend. It's a really big deal. And uh, also recently, the IPS superintendent has proposed to open, reopen Broad Ripple as a middle school and share the building with Purdue Polytech. Um, so it may be coming back. And um, I would like to see that because it's a, you know, it's a, a great school through the years and uh, great for the the Broad Ripple community. Um, and then I try to get back every year for at least one um, DePaul basketball game and um, and end up um, at some of the reunions there as, as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have a fondness for both schools and uh, living in Indianapolis I and being around a lot of the uh, the alums from Broad Ripple, I, I feel maybe a little bit closer to them than, than the DePaul alums. Jack Hogan, a pleasure. Thanks for sharing uh, uh, your memories of, uh, of Broad Ripple High School and DePaul Tigers and uh, uh, your Tony Hinkle not wanting to talk to you. <laughs> well, I never miss an opportunity to gloat about that Tony Hinkle thing. And, you know, every um, about every 10 years I throw uh, it's it actually happened on my 20th birthday as well so that was uh, a pretty good birthday present and about every 10 years I throw a big party for myself which I call the shot party and uh, invite um, uh, my my buddies and uh, teammates from DePaul and Broad Ripple uh, other than the the Butler teammates because I don't want to rub it in for them so Billy it's been a pleasure being with you and I appreciate uh, you're even thinking of me. And if you get to town again, let's have lunch or play golf. Will do. Oh. Okay. Thanks, Billy.